I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You know, the golf clearance outlet, it is pumping. It is flying. And its membership club is going nuts. That's how good they're going at the golf clearance outlet. What's the membership club called? It's called GCO Live. It costs 19 bucks a year. That is it. $19 a year. It's incredible. And here's what you get. Weekly golf giveaways, monthly draws for bucket list experiences, access to special deals and sales, and automatic entry into all their comps. Hey, not long ago, they gave away a playing spot in the Live Pro-Am. And Sam... He actually played with DJ. And this month, they're giving away a trip for two to Mission Hills Golf Club. Flights and accommodation all included. 19 bucks a year. What an offer. Join GCO Live now at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Well, it's week 38 of the golfing calendar and another big weekend in golf, particularly for Ryan Fox. Now, with a massive thanks to our great mates at Ping, contact your golf shop or pro to arrange a Ping club fitting and you'll be playing your best in no time. This is the number one Australian golf podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. Here's the former world number 16, Nick O'Hearn, and 15-year tour pro, Mark Allen. So, Nick, you've oh, been... Sorry, 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 sorry. Still turn the aircon. Oh, yeah. I, the, I cranked the fan up nice and high. Well, that's fine. It's hot in here when I got in <laughs> Let's, let's start the yeah, show. Start like, start like let's start the show with that, shall start we? Start like that. <laughs> oh, dear. It's hot as playing as in Singapore. That's the most disgustingly hot. Quite uh, a lumper, actually. Quite quite often when I've played there, mm. I've thrown out all of my clothes at the end of the week because <laughs> it was so hot. All stuck together. What, in Singapore? Yeah. <laughs> or or uh, Malaysia. Yes. Just indeed. throw them all out. Yep. Throw every every bit of every pant, every pant, every <laughs> shirt, they're gone. There's an amazing yeah. invention called a washing machine. Nah, you this could do was that. unrepairable. Huh? Gone. No, he's he's a neat freak, Mark. I've heard about his bag mm. from our good friend Lee Trevino mm. uh, about how pristine it is and how the correct. clubs are all in a certain order and everything. That's that is correct. Mm. Now, um, I imagine that's all going to be in the program, is it, Dan? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> hey, let's let's start the show. Um, we got a lot of winners to talk about, particularly Hendy and a couple others, uh, Nick. But I just want to run something past you because you are my unofficial golf coach these days. Okay. So I've been working on, in my backswing, I feel like I'm dropping my head two inches because when I've been filming, I've been raising a lot. Okay. Okay. So when I feel like I'm uh, dropping two inches, uh, it looks right. It looks absolutely right. My foot doesn't bounce around the front one. So you're feeling as though you drop, but you don't drop right. at all. That's right. You just stay nice and level. That's right. Okay. Although I do hit a lot of shots fat because I'm coming <laughs> down. But the good shots are really good. I had three birdies in a row and five total last week. So I was happy with that. You know, I started hitting some good shots. Okay. But I want to run this past you. I slowed my backswing down. Oh, perfect. And it was like, it's the stupidest, it's most simple thing but I slowed it down. And you hit and the, the ball further. tension went out of my hands. The tension went out of my body. And I was hitting the ball further with a slower backswing. It is the stupidest game because that is the tip. That when I watch amateurs play the game, it's almost the number one tip every single time. Slow down. I was talking about this the other week. I said I had a game uh, up at Cathedral and I was playing with David. Evan's up there. And I said... David, slow your backswing down. And sure enough, he did, and he hit the best drive of the day. It's ridiculous. And when you go down and watch the pros play, I don't care whether the girls or the boys or the you know the, the seconds or the a major, you go down to that driving range, and what is amazing when you stand there and watch them all is how slow pretty much everybody's backswing is. Yep. You get the odd person who has a faster tempo. Yep. Like if you watch... Uh, Charlie Hull. Charlie Hull, Ludwig Aberg. Ludwig. He, he actually... Ludwig, yep. sorry, not Ludwig. Is it Ludwig yep. or Ludwig? Ludwig. Ludwig. Okay. Nick Price. 
Yes, Tom Watson. Tom Watson. Yeah, plenty of there are Brant Snedeker. There yep. are a lot of good players with the faster tempo, which is fine. We've just done our top five for fast swings, <laughs> by the way. Anyway, I so just, what's your point? You're hitting the ball so better, point slowing is, the backswing. Coach, right? things are going well, and I'm going Excellent. to start to slow my backswing down as well. And I reckon I've got a good, a low score in me sometime soon. I just want one more real. That's it. I just want one more super low, like eight or nine or ten Ooh. under par day. Wow. I reckon I've got one left in me. <laughs> just one. What's your handicap at the moment? Plus one. Plus one. So you're going to have to. Well, it's forty-three points or something like that. Yeah, that's 44. right. That's okay. right. But I think I, I think it's there somewhere. And I'm, um, I appreciate all your help. I do. Uh, you notice because I'm. This is my new goal: is to shoot the one low one. I don't care about my short game anymore. I just, <laughs> just, just want to rip it. I just want to rip it and, and, and hold some putts. Let's talk about the golf because we saw some beauties on the weekend. We thought Ludwig Aberg, who the tea announcer on the last day called him Oberg. How, oh, really? Not once, but twice hmm. called him Oberg. Disrespectful. How do you get that? You got an A with a dot above it. That is Aberg. In anyone's language. Okay. So he turns up. I thought it was going to be just a a march into two wins in your first two months on tour as a professional. And it was anything but. Mm. Yeah, anything well, but. I, I was. I agreed. I thought, what was he had? A two-shot lead to start the day? Two One shots, shot, yep. yep. And uh, I thought it was going to be a bit of a procession. Bogey's the first. Gets that back with a, with a birdie on the par five yep. fourth. And then the double on five. All the momentum... Everything went out of his sails just right there, and Hatton just took control of it. Yeah. Until <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Fox. Fox. Well, Hatton kind of led him back into it. He had Hatton actually had a four-shot lead with seven holes to go at one point, and on the fifteenth tee, he hit one out of bounds. It was the old snipe Andy. hook, Gonski. He made a great bogey. Yeah. He birdied his second ball. Did he really? He well, he did. hold the bunker shot a little earlier as well. Mm. Mm. Okay, so. I yeah, didn't know he hit the out of bounds. But it was he was tied for the lead right there with Fox. But uh, Ryan Fox, how's this? Triple bogey on the third hole. T- tournament over. Yeah. At that stage, <laughs> anybody else, or I guess not anybody He's else. He's on the second page of the leaderboard. It's over. Yeah. You've triple bogeyed the third. Hmm. It was incredible. But he spoke about it afterwards. He's been working with a guy called Carl Morris. Yeah. And uh, he, him and another guy, I'm trying to remember, but they've written those series of books like The Last Start of oh, Putting yeah, 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 and, and that. Yeah, they're, they're very, good. very good. And they're Carl, good books. Carl's great. He does a really good podcast himself. But um, uh, he's been working with him. And the one thing he said afterwards, he said, you know, I just forgot about the score or I forgot about everyone else. What I was trying to do for the rest of the round was just beat the course. Just play every shot on its merits and beat the golf course. And I tell you what, he beat it because he came home in eight under from that point on. And mm. what really impressed me the most was he came to the 18th hole. Uh, he was, what was he, uh, one ahead of yep. Hatton. He drove it between the two bunkers, sort of in the first cut of rough, very reachable for him. Because that back nine, I mean, there's three reachable par fives. Anything can happen. And that's one of the reasons, you know, it's a mm. great finish. I think that back nine at Wentworth. We'll talk about the course in a little bit, but... Hatton in front of him made a wonderful up and down for birdie, so he's tied him. Fox is there, and I'm and the commentators were all saying, "Yeah, the lie's fine. I think he'll go for it." But they'd had a bit of wet conditions throughout the day. It seemed to be sitting down a little. And I tell you what, I was so impressed by the composure he showed because he just laid it up to a number. Yeah. He had plenty of club to get there if he wanted to. He thought, "No, if I go for it and I screw this up, well, I'm probably going to lose the golf tournament. It's over. If I put it in the fairway, worst case, I'm in a playoff." I'll back my wedge game. I've been wedging it really well all day, and he hit probably the wedge of his life to about six feet above the hole and rolled it in. It how, was magnificent. How many birdies on the back nine? Six. Six. Six, un, uh, six under 31 because it's a par 37. Yeah. <sighs> he ended up shooting, uh, what do you have, a triple and eight uh, birdies, so he shot five under 67 after the triple. That's incredible. I want to ask you this because, you know, when you get to that level, they've got stacks of cash, mm. right? So cash isn't a factor. I want to know from your perspective, have you ever made a big number early in the last round and just thought to yourself, well, I'll get them next week, <laughs> you know, and, and because you actually relax, you play better, things start to happen. Yeah. You know, you're out of the tournament. I'm swinging well. I've just had one bad hole. It's not like I've had three bad holes. I've just had one bad hole. Did that ever happen to you? Well, it's funny. So the weird thing is uh, 2005, because I, I played European tour for a long time in this tournament. Back in 2005, I was doing really well after two rounds. The PGA? The PGA yeah, okay. at, at Wentworth. Doing yeah. very nicely, top five or so. And yeah. I just shot myself in the foot third day. Shot a 76-4 over. I'm thinking, oh, I'm out of it. Went out with Ian Poulter the final round. Yeah. 
and I bogeyed the first hole and I'm like, you know, well, hello, how, how are we going now? And ended up shooting 64 and came third because I just relaxed and played yeah. beautifully. So it, it's one of those things where when you think you're out of it and you just relax a little yeah. and you just let it go and it's, as you say, your favorite comment, it's a stupid game it sometimes. It is a stupid game. You play better when you just don't care as much. That's right. You hit it further when you don't yeah. hit it as hard. Mm. It is a ridiculous game. It is crazy. Tell me this. How'd you get along with Ian Poulter that day? Because he, he's, he's not everybody's favourite. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't very happy that day because uh, he doesn't like to be beaten. And, um, and you I cleaned think, him right up. Well, I got off to a, that bad start. He got off to a good start and he thought, here we go. You know, yeah. I've got him no problem. But yeah. I just, yeah, um, always, you know, made me play a little bit better whenever you play with Poulter. He's, he's one of those characters <laughs> that can either rub you up the wrong way or not. But I, it's fine. And, um, you know, he's obviously had a hell of a career. But... Uh, Great win from Fox becomes the first New Zealander to win this tournament. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and New Zealander has won around there before that. Michael Campbell, he had he won the World Match, match play, play back in 2005, I think it was as well, when they used to have that World yeah. Match Play. That was a great tournament. I kept on hearing them say that Wentworth has hosted over 100 European tour events because mm. they used to have the Match Play the double. and mm. the PGA mm. every single year. Um which is enormous, yeah. and that's why I, I I think we know it so well. We do. And if you've ever been there, it's one of the most beautiful properties mm. you could ever go to. Oh. I don't think the TV, even though the TV coverage was superb, mm. I don't think it does it justice. Now, I want to ask you this, because you saw the course the way it was. Mm. Was it Ernie Els who did the makeover? It wasn't as well received as Ernie had hoped. I think he actually lives on the golf course. Yeah, too, he's got a property. Yep. I think Justin Rose, Darren Clark, a few of the guys have got all house. And the, the housing out there is incredible. Yeah, it's a wonderful estate. Yeah, Ernie did the changes back in 2009. Yeah. And... Sorry, Ernie, but they were terrible. They, they were, were bad, they were, they? they were shocking. Yeah, the, the golf course just completely changed, and it just wasn't what... I mean, Wentworth was always you know, a very, very good golf course. Great, I'm not so sure, but it was always very good, and it went to just kind of ordinary at that point. And then 2017, they came back, and he softened it a lot more, made a lot more changes, and everyone's gone right. So they threw, Now we're back on track. They threw Ernie the keys again. They I, did. I was going to ask you yeah. who, who came in and patched it up, but Ernie did it himself. Ernie did it himself, yeah. So um, it's, I, I'm sure he didn't charge much the second time around. <laughs> Maybe that's the trick about being architects. You've got to screw it up a little so that you've got to come back and fix and make more money. But I'll tell you, the other player who really impressed me was Aaron Rye. I mean, he hit an incredible shot on the last hole and lipped out for Eagle to tie what would have yeah. tied Ryan Fox in the end. It was a magnificent finish for him. And uh, he's a Wolverhampton boy, so I've got a soft spot from him because uh, my family's from up that way. It's funny because I watched him hit off. I watched him hit off and I watched Ludwig hit off as well. <laughs> yeah. Ludwig hit a little pulley one right down the left-hand side with an iron. Mm-hmm. And then made that bogey. Uh, Rye got up with his pair of gloves on, which is the worst look I've ever seen in professional golf, mind you. Black gloves. And he also has, how's this, iron covers. Do you yeah. Ever, I've never seen that in a golf pro. Not a double. That'll never happen again in the history of professional golf, <laughs> where someone will be double gloved their whole career and have iron covers. Yeah. And, and the other thing, Nick, about his gloves, they're loose. They went in for the close-up. Now, I always had my gloves as tight as yep. possible because there was no air bubbles and it just felt like it was a much better grip. And, mm. and folks, just a quick masterclass. When you put your glove on, close your fist and then do the Velcro. Don't do the Velcro with an open hand. That doesn't work. Close your fist, do the Velcro, and you'll get this beautiful tight feel. Don't look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I've just learned something because I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they went in on the close-up and he's, they looked like they didn't even look like the beautiful leather gloves that you and I got from Footjoy mm. our entire careers. They look like the wet weather gloves. They look like wet weather they gloves. Do. Yep. Which was handy because there was a rain delay for about an hour and a half, so he didn't have to go back and change them or anything like that. But uh, never seen. Well, I saw, we saw Tommy Tommy Two Gloves who played. Tommy on, Two Gloves. Yeah. Tommy Two Gloves mm. played on the US tour, um, but he didn't have iron covers. No, he didn't. No, that's for you sure. You guys hate uh, iron covers, don't you? you well, really, it's, you it's really disgusting there. You really hate <laughs> They are disgusting. It's one of those things. If you want to look like a, a, a good golfer, I wouldn't put iron covers on. But, you know, maybe if, <laughs> if they help you protect it, that's fine. Well, well and good. No, the you, other thing you about... You need a few dints on your irons. Yeah. You've got to have them worn in a mm. little bit. I'll tell you what, it was a good week for all the uh, European Ryder Cup team because all 12 players made the cut. Did they? Yeah. And, and Moronk. And, and Moronk did yeah. as well. Yeah, he, he was, he was going well for a while. But Rahm was fourth. Hovland was fifth. Fleetwood sixth. Rory seventh. He made a charge there at mm. the end as well, and the picks. Aberg obviously a striker. They had top tens, but even even the captain Luke Donald made the cut. Yeah. How's that? 
So yeah. they're, they're, they're flying right now. Can't say the same for the Americans. I'll, I'll tell, you know, talk about that when we yeah. talk about the PGA Tour. But uh, on the Aussie front, very good results for uh, Adam Scott came home nicely. Yes. 68, tied seventh. Yes. Minwoo Lee had a bit of an up and down week. He yes. Was, uh, had some incredible short game on that 18th, the first two days. Just yeah. if you ever get on social media and look at those up and downs and he hold one for eagle, it was ridiculous. He on Minwoo's social Min media? Yeah. 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 yeah good. He, he posts all the good yeah. stuff. I think he called one of them a Flopidopolis or something a like Flopidopolis. that. Flopidopolis. <laughs> it was quite good. <laughs> He's a good boy. Yeah. He finished tied 14th and Jason Scrivener for the other Aussie uh, who made the cut was uh, tied 25th. So all in all, a, a fantastic week at the BMW Championship. And Dan, when you came in today, I mean, you watched a little bit as well and you saw Minwoo give Ryan Fox the biggest hug of all time. Mm. I didn't, I've i missed this. It wasn't just a hug. He, he literally ran to him and gave him a big hug to congratulate him for, for winning. I, th- I just thought it was a lovely gesture. Lovely. Yeah. No, well, it is. No, well, they're good mates and, and that's what mates do. You hang around the 18th and, yeah. and all, all kudos to him. And I think he did the same at uh, yeah. the Belfry when Daniel Hillier won correct? Because I yeah. think he's a, he's a good mate of his as well. So they all hang out together. And that's the thing with the European tour is they're in much more closer quarters there because back in when I was mm. playing and everything, everyone would catch the bus together. You'd stay at the same hotel, eat at the same restaurants. The US tour is a bit more separate and individual. And mm. I think that's one of the reasons Europe has just gone so well in the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Yeah. The other bloke who I reckon will be stoked about Ryan Fox winning. Who's that? Joseph from Napier in New Zealand, who we spoke to last oh, week. Oh, that's right. He'd be over the moon. Good on you, Joseph. Oh, yes. Over the moon. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, just another top five uh, idea. Mm. The top five hugs in golf. <laughs> so we've got, we got Minwoo and Ryan Fox. Mm-hmm. We've got Craig Spence, the 99 Australian Masters champion, oh, yeah, and Greg Norman. Mm. And we've got Greg Norman and Nick Feldo, Feldo. hugging after yes. Greg's... You know, had a seven-shot lead, then mm. losing by four. No, we just need two more hugs. No. If get it, get in touch with us on our socials. That's, that's not my top five. I got a different top <laughs> yeah, five. I know that. <laughs> I know that. But I, my mind's gone. Um, if you can think of any more hugs in golf and could finish off our top five, there, get in touch with our socials and we'll get you on the podcast next week. Um, what about Hendy? Now he's had a win on the Champions Tour mm. in his very first event i reckon that is just enormous nick can you imagine can you imagine doing that i mean he's you you saw you went and commentated yes. in what tournament and he kind of hit one out of bounds in the last and yeah things I, I was in asia a few weeks ago commentating the indonesian open and he played an incredible back nine to stand tied for the lead on the par 5 18th hooks it out of bounds and loses the golf tournament by two unfortunately so hendy's always been that one of those players he's very streaky and he can light it up and he can crash and burn at the same mm. time in this particular case he was about five or six shots behind going into the back nine. He birdies six of his last seven holes and wins the golf tournament by one on the Legends Tour. As you said, it's his debut. It was the Winston Golf Senior Open in Germany. So his senior tour career has got off to an amazing start. Well, how, how long does a win get you over there? Because, I mean, it's it's a license to print money. There are no cuts. And, yep. of course, you know, if you follow um, Hendy on social media, a lot of his best work is on Friday night when he's had a few <laughs> wines at the airport and he tells After you why he's missed cut. the cut. Yeah. No. So all of a sudden, he has this win on the Champions Tour. Well, it's the oh, Legends Tour. Legends actually. Tour. Yeah. No more cuts. He's no. away. Yeah. No, it'll suit him perfectly, I think. The only thing with the Legends Tour in Europe, there isn't as many tournaments as in the no. US. He'll, he'll want to get back there, I'm assuming, because I think his base is in Jacksonville or in Florida anyway. So. Is it? I, thought I believe a, so. I thought he was a Queensland born and he, bred. And... No, he's lived over there for a long time. Um, stay tuned, because if you're a slicer, then my masterclass is on Hendy oh. and, and his grip. So stay tuned for that. Hey, we we got a jam-packed show, but I can't let you out of my sight uh, without asking you this question because mm. I just got off the phone to Box Hill Golf Club. And Box Hill Golf Club, they have the Gorilla Ladders Pro-Am. Okay. And, of course, last year you were the guest speaker. I was. And they loved you so much. This year, they want you to come back and do lunch. Do lunch this time. So okay. So you, you've got you to tell your Tiger Woods, I beat Tiger Woods twice story oh, at yeah. lunch. But <laughs> we also want you to play. Would okay. you be able to play? And you what? can play with seven clubs. We don't care. Whatever. What's the date? It's uh, Derby Day Eve. Okay. When's that? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll we'll look it up I'll anyway. Out. I'll okay. find out for you. I don't have we'll it off look the top it up. But, but if the Gorilla if, Ladders, hey, Box Hill Pro-Am. If I'm free, I'm there. I've never played Box Hill. I've always wanted to after last year going there and having a look at uh, look at from the balcony. I saw it was such a wet day last year too, wasn't it? Yeah, so, it was. Yeah. Hey, uh, are we going to talk about Sahitha Gull? We need to, yes. And by the way, ping player. Ping player. Yes. Another one who's had another a win. One. Tyrrell Hatton, another ping player, almost had the win yeah. at Wentworth. But... Uh, 
It was also, so it was the Fortinet Championship in the Napa Valley. Oh, I'd love to play that tournament, by the way. A couple of reds before you go out. But um, What if it's on the same day as the Box Hill Pro-Am? <laughs> well, we'll make it work. work. We'll make okay. it work. We'll make it work. <laughs> but it's the first event of their fall series. So this is the, the last lot of uh, events before the final stage of the PGA Tour this season. A lot of guys playing for their status, playing for cards, playing yep. to get into those signature events next week. Yep. Oh, sorry, next year. And uh, it was also Aaron Badley's. 500th event. That's, and did a, you, that's a mighty effort. It is. Yeah. I was doing a bit of research. He becomes the sixth Australian to play 500 events on the PGA Tour. The others are Steve Elkington. Yes. App, Appleby. Yes. Jim Ferrier. Yes. Bruce Campton. Yes. Robert Allenby. Allenby had yeah. to be in there. That's a good good little uh, class to be in, you can say. And the pairing they gave him in the first two rounds. How's yeah. this? Chalmers and Ogilvy. Yeah. Three Aussies <laughs> all playing together. It was like playing an Aussie tour event. I like play the Australian PGA. <laughs> it would have, that's a legitimate pairing yeah. at the Australian PGA. And good news is Aaron is coming down to play the Australian Open this year. First time since 2016. Oh, that is, that I wonder is, if, that I wonder, is great news. I wonder if he'll bring the six kids. That's a lot of luggage. I reckon he will. Yeah, if I they have, so. if, they, if his kids haven't been to Australia... Oh, I'm sure they Why have. wouldn't you bring them to Excellent. Sydney? I mean, Sydney's one of the most beautiful mm. countries in the whole world. I bet that's part of the deal. I'd hope so. Yeah. Well, it might, it might, it may well be part of the deal. Mm. Hey, hey, Greg Norman not on that list of five hundred? Uh, apparently not. Well, no, which, which kind of surprising. But, yeah, uh, it is, but it isn't because once upon a time, Greg Norman, when he used to, when he spent his three hundred thirty-one weeks in a row at world number one, he used to play the bare minimum of events on the US tour. A bit like Tiger in that regard. Yeah, that's Tiger right. wouldn't have played five hundred. Well, Greg used to play thirteen events and win the Order of Merit. Uh, on the stage, and people forget that stuff. He didn't play a full season mm. and win their order of merit. Greg would play thirteen events, the bare minimum, and actually win by a lot. Yeah, their order of merit. He was so good. In that regard, you'd have to play thirty something years on tour to do it. And, yeah, impossible. Uh, you know, twenty events a year. That's twenty five years worth of golf. I think. Mm. I think uh, Bads has been on there about twenty years, and he's probably played twenty five events per yeah. year. So it's hey. a, it was a great effort. But getting back to Thagala. Yeah. What a great win. Oh. I mean, the family, the friends, all just hooping and hollering. They had the whole Indian community down yeah. there by the looks of it. It was brilliant. And you know what? I reckon every time he does a press conference before, they talk about getting your first win because he's been so close. He's mm. been so close. He's been so close. And, of course, the last hole was a par five and he buggered that. You know, he won by, <laughs> he won by a couple, but the nerves were still there. Well, he had clearly. a three-shot lead, so that's okay. Um, but uh, the other guy who played pretty well, it was good to see, was Justin Thomas. He's been a captain's pick, obviously, for yes. the Ryder Cup. He finished in fifth. Cameron Davis. What a comeback by him, by the way. Cause no he was, bogey, 65. No, he was, in the, uh, he was in the final group there with Sir Heath, and he got off to a pretty ordinary start, the front nine, and then he chips in off the dirt for Eagle on mm. 12. Have a look at that on the social media. That was an incredible one, and he came back uh, five under his last seven, and he finishes solo third. Big cash, yeah. and it also moves him up into that spot where hopefully he can get into those signature events uh, next year. Lucas Herbert, the other one, he got off to a fly yes. Thursday, didn't he? 63. Mm. Yeah, beautiful start. Yeah. Where did he finish? Uh, tied 30th. It wasn't great after that. He was around level par the rest of the way. That helps his ranking though, right? It does. His yeah, ranking's going to help. Uh, mm -hmm. And a lot of players who are already basically mm. exempt next year, they actually play these fall events to help yeah. their ranking at the end of the season. The other thing was, if you watch the interview with the gala afterwards, you could see he was there with his mum and dad. It meant so much yeah. to him to get this first win because last year, or last season, sorry, not long mm. ago, he had a late bogey in the tournament preceding the Tour Championship to miss the Tour Championship, that top 30, which would have guaranteed him a whole lot of stuff. And unfortunately, uh, he didn't get it done. But it was great to see him there with his parents and everyone, and they were just so proud. And uh, you just, you know... if. I'm I'm never probably going to experience that because my girls don't play golf, but it'd be wonderful to see your oh, your child you do something incredible of what he's done and and how proud they must feel. Could you imagine? Um, I love the way he swings at it too. It's an unusual, excellent swing. Yeah, you know he's got that shaft just pointing just over the ball, the right direction at the top of his backswing, and yeah. then he just whoosh no. the whole body just turns through monster follow through you know he's just gonna hit big fades all day he's kind of a homemade type swing isn't yeah. it and you can just see he loves to stand up there visualize it and shape the ball left to right right to left and uh and by the way kids i know you're listening probably then uh i i'm very proud of you of what you do and, and i know not <laughs> not golf related obviously so <laughs> i better get that in because by the time they listen to this uh, i might be in a bit of strife <laughs> hey uh we've got the um uh, the ping global results a little bit later, but because this guy is a ping player, 
um, I did have a bit of a squiz at his What's in the Bag. Oh, yeah. By the way, I don't know about you, Dick. I don't know how big a golf dork you are, but I, I'm in the upper echelon of golf dorks. I, I, I love it. You called him Dick. Did I? <laughs> yeah. I did not. You did. You said, I don't know about you, Dick. But I'm a golf dog. Okay. Leave that in because it's from. <laughs> it's, it's reasonably funny. I don't know about you, Nick, but uh, my golf dorkism is at next level. You know, I, 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 know. I am a next level yeah, golf dog. And, and I love looking at the what's in the bag. So I really do. I, I, I just enjoy it. I'm always curious. Whose bag were you looking in? Thagala. Oh, Thagala. The okay. ping player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, we're, we're a ping show. We've got Absolutely. the ping global results a little bit later. So, you know, I, I quickly slid in there. What I noticed, 10 and a half degree drive, that's no big deal. The fairway wood. How many amateurs just go quickly to the 15 degree? That's a fairway wood. That's my three wood. Mm-hmm. You just throw it in the bag and you see them hit it and they just can't even get the thing in the air. Yeah, it happens lost. a hell of a lot. Uh, the Gala's number one fairway stick, 18 degrees. Perfect. It's like and a four or five wood, isn't it's it? It's a four wood. Mm. That's right. And, you know, that's I've got three woods in my golf bag as well. 10 degree driver. I've got a 15 degree short three wood that I've told you both about. Yeah, you love that club. And I love that club because on sandbelt golf courses, you know, just the driver on some holes, but it's a fairway finder. But the club that I love to hit off the fairway is an 18 degree. And and when I hit that, it actually goes at a really nice trajectory. I mean, it's, it's comfy. I get it in the air. But for all those amateurs out there who are thinking about, you know, maybe you're not happy with your fairway wood at the moment, one, 18 degrees is really good. Mm. But two, it naturally comes at a much shorter length than the other ones do. So you can kill two birds with one stone. I'm really big on the short three wood or the short fairway club. Next time you're looking for a fairway wood that works, have a think about just having the number one as an 18 degree because, like I said, you'll kill two birds. It'll be shorter and easier to hit off the fairways. So have a think about it. Mm. I reckon it's really important. It's great to see that sort of stuff. Someone like Dustin Johnson's got a 16 and a half degree fairway wood as he's now, as he's go-to. Yeah. So, no, a lot of the pros out there do have that. They have that sort of 16 to 18 degree range. And, and it's well worthwhile because in a way, the the three wood for a lot of the players there, if they, you know, they carry a 14 or 15 degree, some of them it almost goes as far as their driver. So yeah, it's not really right. much point having it in the bag. Something with a bit more loft, especially playing the US Tour, because you need that height over there and you don't have to hit it so low. It's perfect. Uh, people are loving the, uh, uh, what do you call it, Dan, where people uh, record their voice and ask oh, a voicemail. question. Voicemail. Mm. They're loving this voicemail feature. Where, where, where do they get it again? Uh, it's au, and you can leave a voicemail for you guys. Oh, no. Perfect. Uh, I reckon we both shot about 31 or 32 on that front line. I'll see you on the 10th too. All right, cheers. 
This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Where is the complaints department uh, here at uh, Talk Birdie to Me? Have we got one? Oh, well, we've got an HR department we can go to, sure. Yeah, what's okay. the problem? You've got a drama. Well, Nick, we had an Australian win. Yeah. Handy, even though, yeah, it's a European tour, Legends sort of tour. Nothing. No bottle of anything. No oh, clink right. clink at the you start of the right. show. Well, I thought some other people might actually, uh, you know, delve into their cellar for a change, but obviously not. I'll, uh, I'll grab one on the way out. Awful. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, we've got a couple of questions. Uh, we've also got the feedback. We've got the Ping Global results. We haven't spoken about the Solemn Cup yet as well, which starts this week. Mm. So we've got plenty to get through. So what's first, Dan? Well, why don't we check your voicemail? We'll see, uh, see what we've got there. You have one new voicemail. Nice. New message. Loving the podcast, guys. Keep up the great work. It's Paul Higgins. On the top five short swings, I think there's one that could have fit in the top five, which is Tony Finau. I think he's got a pretty short swing. Love to know why he didn't get in your top five. Thanks. Yeah, Nick, why didn't Tony Finau get in your top five? (laughs) Well, he's a ping player too, so... Yeah. Um, no, Paul's actually spot on there. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did miss that one. You know, two superstars of the game at the moment did most of their practice in their garage. Yes. So Tony Finau is one. He's one. Yeah. His dad made him a, a golf net in the garage. The other one is Tyrrell Hatton. Really? Tyrrell Hatton did so much practice in his backyard. His fam- his his dad did it, and you know it's funny because, like, I've done a bit of practice in a net as well. Um, because you're not so concerned where the ball goes, you actually get the job done mm. if you're trying to work on some technique. So if, for instance, you're trying to dip on your backswing two inches, two what inches. sort of a crazy tip would that be? If you are trying to do that, all of a sudden you don't care about the, the shots that you hit fat. All you're caring about is managing the technique. Mm. So it, it's not a bad place. I, I think it's a good place. You've got to do a bit of both. You've got to see where the ball goes, but maybe early on in technique, it's not silly. Not silly at all. I actually do recommend it for people who are changing their swings because when you go and have a practice session, if Mm. there is a net near the range, as you say, Mark, do your technique in work in there because then you don't know where the ball's going. So you're almost bringing everything internal. You're thinking about what your body's doing, the moves, et cetera. You're exaggerating it all. If you see the ball going down the fairway, you go, oh, why did that happen? I better change things. Because you can't see it, you work solely on technique. That's perfect. And then after that, get out onto the range. Then you want to hit some shots and see where the ball goes and so on and so forth. Great, uh, great tip there. You know, one of the funny things too, uh, this is uh, this is just happens to me recently. At Kingston Heath, there's a 9-9 range. You go mm. down and hit some balls in the 9-9 range and off you go. At Royal Melbourne, because they've been doing the car park lately, there's been no range. So I always just hit a couple of balls into the net in the behind net. the first tee. Yep. I've ripped my drive off the first at Royal <laughs> Melbourne every time I've done that, now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. Because yeah. I guess all I'm worried about is my feels, what my swing feels like, and I'm not care, I don't care where the ball goes. Mm. I get on the first turn, I just try and copy those feels. No, exactly. A lot of players, they get caught up in how they're hitting the ball on the range beforehand. The late, great Peter Thompson, he always just used to set I was focused on beforehand, was yeah. a light, nice, light grip pressure and just a bit of rhythm. And then I go to the first and away I go. Away you go. Simple. Good on you, Tom. heard that beat before. We've got another voicemail. Want to check a second one? Oh. Yeah, let's go. Cool. All right, let's go for it. You have one new voicemail. New message. G'day, guys. Just out here walking the dog while listening to the potty. Uh, <laughs> I'm a long-suffering lefty, and I wanted to see what your opinion is on a left-handers hole, right-handers hole. How is it defined? Uh, yeah, just want to get... Just want to understand it. Yeah, good question. Mm. Good question. I hope your doggy's going okay. (laughs) Well, I'm a left-hander, so I can answer this one if you like. Uh, Sorry, what was his name again? That was was, was Rye Coleman. Oh, okay. Okay, Rye. As a fellow lefty, it's funny. It a lot depends on the shape of shot that you hit, whether you're a fader or a drawer of the ball. So if you're a fader of the ball, like a lot of left-handers, you do like those mm. dog legs to the left. That's right. And if you're a drawer of the ball, well, you want it to dog leg the other way. So whatever hole shape is going and that's the shape of shot you hit, that's always good. The other part I find is I never really liked trouble on my left-hand side as a left-handed golfer. So if there's water down the left, I can sort of see that pretty clearly. Whereas yeah. if it's to the right, I can't. And I don't really think about it. And one of the courses, one of the reasons the old course at St. Andrews I love is because all the out-of-bounds is on the right-hand side for me. So I, I just never think I'm going to hit it right, which yeah. is great. Every, I can just blast everything left. I don't know about you, Mark. Well, uh, 
Oh, I always hit it left and right, so there weren't too many holes that suited me. I'd okay. fade one week and draw the next. But I always go back to Augusta when this conversation comes up because years ago when it was wooden clubs and ballada balls, if you hit a draw, you got the extra length mm. and you had to draw it around those holes at Augusta. But later, once the ball was going a million miles an hour um, and most professional golfers were hitting fades, then Augusta turned from a right-hander's paradise to a left-hander's paradise because, you know, you had guys like Bubba Watson winning, Phil Mickelson winning, uh, the Canadian kid who's a very good player. He used to play a lot of practice rounds with him. What is his name? Left-handed Canadian. Oh, Mike Weir. Mike Weir. Mm. Mike Weir won there as well. Yep. So it, it, it's funny because, you know, like I said, fading has become part of professional golf mm. these days. And now I think a lot of the holes at Augusta suit left-handers. Well, the easiest hole at Augusta for a lefty, I can tell you this, yep. is the 12th, the par 3. Yeah, that's right. Because that's my draw right. goes long right and my push goes that's short right. left. And my and push yours. goes short right, right and my pull goes long left. Exactly. You're stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a hole like that at Huntingdale as well. The old 15th at Huntingdale before they put yep. the water down. It was a beautiful little hole like that. And all the members knew it. You blocked it slightly, you're in the mm. trap. If you pulled it slightly, you're way down next to the old turkey nest yeah. dam. So well, uh, you've got that sort of factored in as well. Yeah, and at Augusta, the reverse is true for 16. It's a right-handers hole rather than the lefty. So, yes. Yeah. So much fun getting those uh, those voicemails. Thank you to Rye for that question and also to Paul Higgins. He's on the top five too. They're great. Beautiful. Fantastic. It's time for the ping global results. No, it's not. It's feedback. It's time for the feedback, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave that in too. So you can leave <laughs> I think we're leaving things in today. Just leave it in. We may as well. Uh, oh, hang on. We've got to get serious for a moment. No laughing. Why? You've had a whack. Oh, straight okay. in there. Let's You've go. had a whack. Early. This is on last week's uh, Nico Hearn Masterclass, which you did on the lie. Do you yes. remember that? Roving Bomber has written in. Let me guess. He's unhappy. Not, not the camera work. He's <laughs> unhappy. Surely. What do you think, Nick? Got to be the camera work. Why? Roving Bomber has said, videographer, small improvement. You got one out of two shots in camera. Marco, I think you need to get your kids involved to improve the technology. You are lucky you have 12 or 13 hole-in-ones because you would have been given the arse otherwise. Yeah, that is true. Actually, we were so lucky when we filmed it because there were a lot of planes that day. The wind must have been mm. the right direction for the planes to take off and land in that direction. So I think there for a little while I was more concerned with the next plane coming along okay. than I was the actual shot, Dick. So I apologise. Sorry, Bomber. I apologise. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of feedback on your discussion last week about micing up the caddies. I mean, you guys were both, I think you were both in favour of it. You yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Great idea. I'd love to see it. It has to happen at some stage. So some mixed feedback. Mick Golfer 4 has said, not necessary. You can usually hear their tactic conversations as long as the TV commentators don't talk over the top of them. Yeah, well, that's very important that the commentators do not talk over the top. And the other one too, when a rules official is giving a ruling, mm. just let's have a listen. Let's yeah. have a listen. It's very important. Yep. Good stuff. N. Canton from Great Britain has said, no. There's already enough mics out there. We can hear the tactics. Give the team the space they need to focus. Where's he from? Great Britain. Great Britain. Is that why you did the funny no? No. No, I just... You didn't do an Aussie no. Oh, sorry about that. You didn't oh, go no. Okay. Oh, gee, I apologise. No. Okay. Jeez. I thought, I thought you were just Give me a whack there. I thought you were improvising. No, Good I stuff. wasn't. Uh, Glenn Dodds has also written in on the same topic. He says, yes, it's another great innovation for golf. Ball Tracker has made golf a better spectacle. I'd yes. like to see the commentary, like the Australian Tour last year, not be so formal. A few stories and a good laugh would make the other tours more enjoyable, I reckon. Uh, it's nice. Very good. Ball Tracker, the best thing that happened to golf coverage. Indeed. Without a doubt. D3 Golf has said, Mike, I'm up for certain. That'd be some great content. But even better to have Nico Hearn online to interpret the strategy as well, because sometimes it can be complicated as well as a third set of eyes. Ed's perspective. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe we should do some talk birdie to me commentary on some of the uh, overseas events. <laughs> That's not silly. Might have to get up early, though. Yeah. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Is it possible to do it? I couldn't imagine coming to your place with your jammies, gym jams no, on. That's true. And we'll have a mile on a piece it's of European toast tour. while we're watching it. Yeah, yeah well, European tours to go. The final comment on that particular uh, issue is from John Hare. John has said, you might have to include a parental guidance warning if Hatton was mic'd up. Yes, indeed. Accurate. He was one. I think I made a couple of comments. He was one I definitely loved to hear get mic'd up. Uh, Jordan Spieth was another. Yeah. Lexi Thompson, because Lexi, she's always having a fascinating discussion with her caddy. Yeah, I like all that stuff. Yeah. Now, one more bit of feed. Well, it's kind of a question, really. We've got a couple of questions to go. Jake has written in, and Jake said, boys, great potty. I'm struggling with pure contact on severe downslope wedge shots 
and shanked one recently, which cost me big time in the club championship. Any help would be amazing. Keep up the great work and the wine reviews. Right. Well, You're looking at me, Dan. Well, sorry. <laughs> I, so, can, I can tell you I had a nice wine last night. <laughs> is it any night you don't drink, Nick? What's going on? No. <laughs> End of the story. Um, I'll have a go at this one because you uh, gave the same tick, uh, tip, I reckon, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, to BJ Carter, who did a voicemail, yeah, but you go this time. Okay, so if if it's a severe downslope, even if it's not a severe downslope, you've got to lean forward and get your spine perpendicular to the slope. Now, that's, that's really, really important. If you're not doing that, it's equivalent of just kind of getting all your weight on the back foot off a flat lie. I mean, you're going to hit behind the ball the whole time or you're going to top the ball. So that, that's just the most important thing. And the bigger the slope, the wider, I think, the stance needs to be. Otherwise, you'll be tipping over. If you've got a really narrow slope, a narrow stance on that big slope at the 15th of Augusta, for instance, the, the third shot, you would almost tip over. So you need to match your stance, stance width with the level of slope, uh, and you certainly have to uh, have your spine at perpendicular to the slope as mm. well. And then it's just swing away. Yeah. Swing away and, and you should make reasonable mm. contact. I can't help you with the shank on the <laughs> downslope. <laughs> well, what I find is most people do not widen their stance enough. So yeah, over-exaggerate that and then you can always dial it back from there. Yeah. Stuart's written in with a question and I think this is going to be the easiest question to answer for the entire year. Stuart said, hey, Marco and Nick, I've been playing golf for 30 years and my 16-year-old son is smashing me. He's off 12. <laughs> He's playing off 12. My golf's getting worse. Off 12 for a 16-year-old. Yeah, that's good. He's playing off 12. My golf is getting worse, and I think it's because my clubs are 15 years old. I think it's time for a new set. Can you please give me some advice where a 55-year-old bloke should go to get fitted? Really look forward to the new episodes every week. Looking forward to the Ryder Cup and keep up the good work, lads. Thanks. I, I think you can buy a good game. I, I, I think golf technology has come so far uh, and I don't think most people need 14 clubs. I think most people could get around with a very simple set of 10 and a putter. But uh, if you're not hitting the ball very far and you haven't got hybrids and five woods in your golf bag, then you're doing yourself a disservice because the harder the clubs are to hit, normally the more you've got to help the ball up in the air. And I think we've done a masterclass just recently where the more you try and help the thing in the air, the harder this game becomes. So if you can fill your, if you can fill your golf bag with clubs that are easy to elevate, I think in the end you have a much better repeating swing mm. in this game. Very true. Get some hybrids then obviously go to your local thing yep. outlet or uh, if he's, is it Stuart? Is he him in Melbourne? Uh, he lives say. in Bentley East in Melbourne. Yes. Oh, there you go. We'll go visit Matt Austin uh, in Moorabbin at the uh, Ping Warehouse and they'll look after you. The other place you go is Golf Clearance Outlet too. Yes, They've got some good stuff that's too. That's the other one. That is right. And and get fitted uh, wherever you go. And, and and if you don't want to, you know, you don't have to look the sales guy in the, in the eyes and jump up and down and say, I don't want 14 clubs. If you want a set of 10 clubs and a putter, just tell them. Mm. That's really important. Just say, I just want 10. Give me two woods, some hybrids and some irons. And you don't have to have a 60-degree lob wedge. In fact, most people can't hit a 60-degree lob wedge. Just get the 58. Yep. A 58 and a 52 wedge onwards, away you go. I only play with eight or nine these days, so that's all you need, right? And it makes me sick. <laughs> we wrote a post on Facebook this week or the last few days ago from people to post pictures of their local and a hole and what it, what it was. We've got, some, we've got some great photos. James Nicholas put a, a photo of the 17th at Heidelberg, which is a par three. It's a beauty. Cam Stewart put a photo of the second and third at Woodend. Uh, Jake, uh, the fourth hole, which is a par five at Lura. Yeah, yeah. At Lura, I've never seen Lura. No, it looked never beautiful. Have I. Luke Colbert, this looked amazing. Luke put a photo of the seventeenth hole, par three at the Sands in Torquay. Ooh. Yes, it's a beauty. It, it looked absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I say my favourite, but it's my favourite because it was a bit of a wanky one. Your <laughs> mate Ray Mack put a photo <laughs> oh, of yes of him choppering into Tara Iti in New Zealand. Oh, oh trust. Are you joking? Champagne Ray. We're going to call him that oh, from now, I think. Jeez. <laughs> but, uh, but we want more photos too. It's on Facebook, so go and have a look. There's a whole bunch of them there. Just work your photo up and leave it there. It's really uh, good. That'd be great. All right. Facebook, get there. And uh, we want to see all those pictures. Uh, thank you, Dan. Thanks for all the feedback, folks. We really appreciate it. Get in touch with any of our socials and we'll try our very best to get you on the show. It is now time for the Pink Global Results. It is now time, yes. Thank goodness. <laughs>
quite a bit happening around the world of golf. We already covered the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. LPGA Tour had a week off. Um, they're going to be playing the Solheim yeah. Cup this week. They've now, been busy, the girls, by the way. They've been playing a lot of events. They, they have been playing a lot, yes, for sure. And I tell you, Europe versus America, they're playing in Finca Cortison in uh, Andalusia, Spain, down in southern Spain, not far yeah. from Valderrama and all yeah. those great courses down there. This is going to be close. I think this is going to be a really close contest. And uh, who knows what will happen there. But we actually, both teams have three ping players, by the way. Three Americans and three of the Europeans. So you give them so ping we, a good run. I'm going to give them a great run in this episode, aren't we? But uh, <laughs> look forward to seeing what happens there. And we'll talk more about those results next week in the Solheim Cup. Uh, around the traps, our good friend... Steve Stricker racks up another win on the Champions Tour. He's unbelievable. He's won six out of 15 tournaments this year. Yeah. Six out of 15. I mean, that's Tiger-esque, isn't it? Ridiculous. Incredible. Ridiculous. Um, the rec- he's actually, the record, by the way, is nine in one season. And we know, by? we know one. Peter Thompson. Peter Thompson. The and other? The other is Harlow. So I reckon Correct. Steve's got a chance to equal that. But uh, from the Aussies, we had Richard Green again, tied yep. 12th. Rod Pampling tied 18th. And Stuart Appleby, best of the Aussies there, tied 29th. So, he's still swinging them well. I saw him swing a couple. Yeah, he, he never he's swings it well. bad. He never swings yeah. it bad. It's just incredible. How's um, the hair, though? How was his hair? Yeah, back to normal. Yeah, good. Yeah, he's yeah. got a Nico Hearn haircut. There, there you go. Nice. Sensible. Yep. There you and go. Nico Hearn beard as well. Oh, mm. yeah, he's got a bit of both. There you go. He's looking very suave. Uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is this part of the final series, second of the four events to get the, the card, Grayson Murray had a three-shot win there. Curtis Luck, best of the Aussies, tied for 26. So two more tournaments there for the Aussies. We've got four Aussies playing those yeah. finals. We've got uh, Brett Drewitt, Rain Gibson, Curtis Luck, and Dimi Papadatos, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all trying to get their card for the PGA Tour next year. Now, the interesting thing is... They have gone back to a Q school for the PGA Tour now. I you, didn't know you, that. No, I didn't know it either until I read about it. So they, at the end of the season, they have the PGA Tour Q school presented by Corn Ferry. That's what it's right. called these days. And they give out five cards, direct access, access back onto the PGA Tour. Because oh. before it was only you could get onto the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah. So they've changed it back that way. And then the rest of the guys, they then get status on Corn Ferry and so on. But they do give out five cards. So uh, okay. we'll look at some of the Aussies playing that when it does so come up. So there's still a... Tour school for the Corn Ferry Tour? No, event? this is it. This is PGA Tour Q School. So how do you get on the Corn Ferry Tour? Well, if you don't finish in the top five, well, then the next probably 20 or 30 guys, they're exempt for the Corn Ferry right. Tour, and then it goes from there back, you know, okay. staggers if, back from there. But if you're new to the game, let's mm. say you're fresh out of college or, yeah. you know, Golf Australia, you've done your time here at Golf Australia and you yep. want to play in America, mm-hmm. what's your method to getting on the Corn Ferry Tour these it's days. It's called qualifying. This is the qualifying school. It's the same. It's still four stages, yeah. four, which is crazy, yeah. by the way. Yeah. If you have any status here in Australia, you're probably going to get through to the second stage and then obviously try and advance to the third and then the finals. It's it's same as what it was before. Oh, but Tough. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting one. So, tough going. Yes. Uh, Epson Tour, which is the secondary tour in the US for the women. Uh, American Sydney Clanton had a nice win there in Alabama. Best of the Aussies, uh, Robin Choi tied 16th and Cassie Porter played well as well, tied 24th over on the ladies european tour swiss open mm. germany's alexandra fosterling had a two-shot win a nice win for the german and k rudge mount lolly's kirsten rudgley tied for 54th there nice seen um, cassie porter do well we yeah. both thought she had a wonderful game didn't mm. we at uh, 13th beach at the victorian open last year certainly did so it's certainly good to did. see her playing well we know we know she could be something reasonably special oh. If everything just clicks into place for her. I think very special, to be honest. Uh, she has a lot of club head speed and a great short game. I think Brett yeah. Rumpen's been helping her out with a short game. Oh, that's, so a, that's a step up. Look out there. Yeah, Crystal Blum on the LET Access Tour, the secondary tour there in the Europe for the women. She had a nice finish, tied for fifth, which was great. in the Calais Open is a little different one too. The Mid-Am, the US Mid-Am. Yeah. Okay, the winner gets into the Masters that's and right. the Open Championship. That's right. Stuart Hagerstad. Uh, yeah. American, yeah. he won for the third time. Are you joking? He's had three runs in Augusta winning this thing. Yes, exactly. So Unbelievable. When you think about USGA titles and who's won th- more than three events, guess who's in that category? Tiger, That's Tiger Woods, Tiger Jack and Nicholas, t- yeah. and, and all those. He's, he's moved himself in a very high echelon, but uh, we had... Uh, Tiger, Jack, and Stewie. Yeah, that's <laughs> But uh, Harry Bolton qualified for the match play, which is great. So this is the over 25s. Yeah. So the U.S. amateurs, anyone, but U.S. mid-amers for a 25 and over. He qualified for the for the uh, match play. New Zealand Sam Jones got all the way through to the quarterfinals, which was good. And actually, a couple of guys from a place I used to live at, Alworth in the U.S., yeah. uh, leading uh, after the 
stroke play was a guy called Geronimo Esteve. He's like probably... His name is not Geronimo. Geronimo. It certainly it is. He is not. He, he led the stroke play, but he got beaten uh, after a couple of rounds. And then the other guy, <laughs> Stuart Hagerstad, he actually defeated my next-door neighbor's son in the round of sec- in the second or third round, Mark Costanza. Costanza? <laughs> yeah, Mark Costanza. That's another famous so name. What's going is. on over there? It's all happening over there. So uh, it was a hell of a win by um, Hagerstad anyway, after he just won the Walker Cup too. So he's having quite a good run at the moment. But uh, coming up this week, as I mentioned, Solheim Cup, Live Golf returns, Live Chicago. Yep, second last event, isn't it? Uh, second or third, I think so, yeah. yeah. And the French Open is on the DP World Tour back at Le Golf National, where they had the Ryder Cup a few years ago. I used to love playing there. It was yeah. a lot of fun. So um, that's what's coming up. And and there are the results. Well done. I kind of feel with your top five great names in golf a week yeah. or two ago, Mark. Yeah, I think you've, gone you've, early. you've missed. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you've missed the headline here, Geronimo. <laughs> I mean, well, he's not a pro though, so. Oh, well, there you count. go. It doesn't, doesn't count. count. Okay, it doesn't count. But it's go. still a, an excellent name. Mm. Uh, Nick, it is time for your top five. So, my top five this week, it's an unusual one. Uh, during the week on social media, if you had seen it, there was a, a guy playing uh, at Wentworth, a left-hander hit this putt, and then all of a sudden, two or three people just walked all over the line that the ball just ran on, so he couldn't actually see whether the ball went in. And it was disgusting. It was horrible, right? It was horrifying oh. to see that. Now, Pablo Larathaba was one of the players, and he actually came back and on Twitter, or, or X as they call it now, and he said, look, you know, we were... We'll be behind. We had to catch up time. But still, you can let the guy see whether the yeah. ball's going in or not. That was pretty ordinary. That yeah. doesn't make my top five, but that's what it's all about. Top five, poor form, basically. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, or, or, if Colin Montgomery's not in here somewhere, <laughs> we can no longer be friends. Well, this oh, is not my top five him. because okay. uh, he never he never ripped his glove off in my backswing. So okay. I know he did it to you a few times. A few times, all day. We have a bit of a tie, a tie for fifth. At the moment. Oh, it's a top six. Yeah, it's a top six. So because the Solheim Cup's on, I wanted to you know, get that team match play. And it's a tie between, uh, we had 2021 Solheim Cup. Uh, where were we? I think we we're in Vanessa, Ohio. Madeline Sagstrom picked up Nelly Calder's ball as it sat on the lip. Correct. I don't know if you remember this. Could have gone in. Could have gone in for the Eagle. And it just sat there. So she wanders over, picks it up, throws it back to yeah. her. It's like, hang on. You can't on. do that. <laughs> As it turned out, the official came along and said, no, you didn't give her the 10 seconds. That's that's in. It counted. And they ended up going on to win the match. So yeah, that's a good one. It was a nice trick anyway. But, uh, the that other, is a belter. Yeah. The other one on the Ryder Cup side, the men's side, well, who can go past uh, 1999 no. at Brookline, 17th green. How is this not number one? Justin. Well, I'm going to put some, oh, There's a okay. good number one coming. Okay, okay. Uh, Brookline. When Justin Leonard hold that putt against Ho- Jose Maria, I oh, lost my ball. ball. Yeah. I lost my ball, yeah. <laughs> That's his <laughs> nickname. Um, and the entire American team, uh, wives, uh, you know, physios, yeah. trainers, everyone ran onto that 17th green. And Jose still had a putt yeah. to keep the match going. And over his line. Yes, ran on his line Not just on well. the green, yeah. over his line. It wasn't good. So uh, anyway, that's tied for fifth. Number four. That's tied for fifth. Well, I, wow. I, I was getting the team ones. This is more okay. of an individual thing right. uh, going here. So t- uh, fourth was at the 2015 World Match Play at Harding Park when... Miguel Imenez and Keegan Bradley. I don't know if you remember this. They had a real good shouting match good uh, back and forth about... Miguel went over to say, look, you need to take two club lengths here. And Bradley's going, yeah, I know the rule. I know the rule. Just you know, bugger off, go yeah. over there. And they started... And anyway, uh, Bradley's caddy came in. His name was Pepsi. I don't know if you know that. His uh, name was not Pepsi. They called him Pepsi. That's his nickname right. because what he used to do was he, he obviously loved Pepsi, but he also used to leave cans of it around the golf course early on throughout the round so that he could just go and grab them and drink them <laughs> along the way. <laughs> That's how he got the nickname. Hang on, so. He would hide cans of Pepsi yeah. on the golf on course. On the golf course. Unbelievable, isn't oh, it? Oh, the so, caddies, there is just no end yeah. to what they do. But those guys were just going back and forth, yelling at each other's faces, and it was just very, yeah, very was funny, funny to watch. Uh, number three, 2002 Australian PGA Championship at Coolum. John Daly playing with Jared Mosley oh. on the Friday. Shot 78, threw his uh, ball in the pond, his putter in the pond, yeah. and walked straight back up 18 to the villa yeah. and said, I'm out of here. And yeah. they DQ'd him, obviously, for not signing his card. That and, was a belter. That was a beauty. Have you got the other John Daly one in Australia on your top no. five? What I'll, was that one going? I'll, I'll quickly give it to you. He was playing the Lakes, um, and he didn't want to be there. Oh, yes. And he hit every ball he had in his golf bag <laughs> into, what was it, the 15th? Is it the 15th hole there at the Lakes? Might have been the Could 14th. Have been, the 14th mm, hole. Might be 11, I think. 11. Yeah. We'll get we'll get it right we'll get folks. It right. We'll get it. Right. It's one of the one of the lakes at the lakes. And then 
as he's walking off the golf course, he um, walked past the photographer and his then wife oh, whacked yes. the photographer. <laughs> so there was some double-edged poor form on <laughs> she, a golf course. I think she had the matching skirt, didn't yeah, she, yeah, <laughs> to, yes. to his pants. And whacked the, uh, This guy's have taken a photo of it. Yeah, she just went whoosh, mm. whacked him right around the chops. All right, number two, 2005, Booz Allen Classic. Good uh, name for a tournament. Yeah, it is, one. Booz Allen, yeah. yeah. It's uh, in uh, at the Congressional to- uh, Golf Club in Washington, D.C. Do you remember this? Rory Sabatini playing with Ben oh. Crane. Good one. And yes. Ben Crane is one of the slowest players out on tour. And Rory had just had enough and decided, right, I'm out of here. And he just finished out, kept walking to the next tee. And Ben hadn't even got to the green and yeah. just started playing and in hit, front of him. He hit on the next tee he did. before Crane putted, putted out, out, out on the and, final, on the green beforehand. He, he was just – because Ben was obviously known as one of the uh, slowest players. Uh, Jeff Ogilvy made a great comment afterwards. He said, uh, you know, we all feel for Rory. He played three rounds with Ben, and Ben will admit that's painful. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And then number one, uh, That's good. I was actually playing in this tournament, the 2007 CA Championship at Doral. Yeah. Remember, I used to play the tournament there at Doral. And I hope Sergio was behind me. I think he probably was at that stage. But he decided he misses a putt on the 13th hole, and then he spat in the cup because he was not uh, very happy. So that is my number one poor form. That is a beauty, mm. and rightfully so. At the top of the tree. Not a good one. He also had one where he kicked his shoe off at the 18th tee at, oh, yeah. at Wentworth, actually. Yeah. And he's killed Kick- about 15 snakes <laughs> just recently in bunkers and all kinds yeah. of stuff. He's a big snake killer. When, when he gets going on that snake-killing action, it's not one or two hits. It's 15. It's 15. <laughs> Swashbuckling oh. sword fight. It's, yeah, he's, you know, he's that... Uh, Spanish blood, he gets fired up and away he goes. But anyway, it was uh, that was an interesting top five this week. But now, time for your masterclass. And it is on the back of a very good win in Europe on the Legends Tour over there by Scott Hend. Uh, again, if you're not on Twitter, uh, if he misses a cut, which he probably won't do too much of anymore, um, get on Twitter and just watch uh, him fire up. It is fantastic. But... If you are a slicer of the golf ball, this one is for you. Because I want you to go on Twitter, go anywhere social, look his swing up, Scott Hand on YouTube, and have a look at his left-hand grip. It is one of the strongest grips in the world of golf. And Hendy, he can do whatever he likes. He can draw the ball, he can fade the ball, he can do whatever he pleases. And he hits it a long way, too. And he hits it a million miles. Um Quite often when I play with people who have a horrifying slice, it's because when they get to the top of their golf swing, the club face is a million miles open at the top of the golf swing and they can just never square it up on the way down. Now, I believe, and I always tell people, that the top hand on your grip, that's the steering wheel. The bottom hand adds the force, but the top hand is the steering wheel. Now, if you're a big slicer, I want you to grip it like Scotty Hand. I want you to grip it like Lee Trevino. I want you to grip it like Fred Couples. I want you to grip it like Paul Azinger. I want you to grip it like a lot of players who have made millions and millions and millions of dollars playing the great game of golf. Because not everybody's the same. And like putting styles, golf grips are very, very personal. So if you've been a very big slicer your whole life and you don't know what to do, let's get you know, let's think outside the square here mm. and let's go and change that top hand grip. And I want you to feel like the palm is right on top of that putter. The trap is people put their thumb underneath when they do that. Your thumb's always got to be on the shaft. That's mm. very, very important. And then just put your right hand on where it feels comfortable. So how many knuckles are you going to see as you look down? If you're a really big slicer, I want you to see every single one of them. Really? That yeah, many? Every, okay. Just like Scotty Hent. Just <laughs> like Fred Couples. Just like, um, oh, who's our guy? Brooks, Ke- Brooks Kepka. Yep. He's probably a three-and-a-half-knuckle kind of guy. But it's very, very important. Like I said, it might cost, it might save you from going down and seeing your local PGA professional just a little bit. You still need to go there and get a little tune-up. But I promise you, if you've got a big slice and you're holding the club and you can only see one knuckle, four knuckles is going to help that slice a hell of a lot. Love it. And I'm going to make sure my... Camera work is spot on when you show this later on too, Mark. (laughs) I don't want any wax. Good on you, Nick. Always fun, Dan. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Well, that's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me.
And if you're looking for some new clubs, whether you're a male or a female, Ping are the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional and they'll sort you out with a fitting. If you can, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen and tell a friend about it. Word of mouth is the best recommendation. Talk Birdies and Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media and sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. So you guys played at the highest level, pros, travel the world, know, you know everything about golf pretty much. Yeah. I was in the pro shop here at Australian Golf Headquarters before we came in. Yeah. There's a cap in there. Yeah. It's got mm. a high-performance cap. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is a high-performance cap? <laughs> nice and light. Yeah, Bre- uh, breathable, breathable, and uh, it helps you read your putts. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Okay>. right. <laughs> Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.